Hey everyone, it's Daishian Miller, and we're here with this episode of Kuden, episode 138. So 12 more till we hit 150, and James and I are going to have to like figure out what we're going to do uh, as a big thing. But uh, we're in, uh, like I said, episode 138. And um, so, um, hmm, how do I leave this one off? Oh, I know. Um, something a teacher uh, said a long time ago. Quit your bitching. Right? <laughs> right? We'll dive into it more when we get back. So, the big question is this. How are self-defense and success-minded people like us, concerned citizens worried about protecting ourselves, our loved ones, and the things we care about from the monsters we know exist in the world? How do we train in a way that gives us the skills, knowledge, and understanding we need without becoming paranoid fighters or killers ourselves, and yet still allows us to be the hero protector the world needs us to be? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Jeffrey Miller, and welcome to Kuden Radio, real training for real people in a real world. And that's still the story. Anyway, um, we'll talk about the bitching and all that kind of stuff here in, in just a bit, but um, I don't know if uh, Lee Davis is on or not, but uh, Lee, congratulations to Lee. He's our newest uh, Platinum Inner Circle uh, student in our uh, distance training program, so welcome aboard, Lee. Uh, I know Lee's all jazzed about things. Um, Lee's been following our stuff for quite a while. So uh, he had actually had a leg up on things. But either way, right? So, okay. Um, the, the, uh, the theme, the, the, the idea behind uh, this episode is, in, uh, is, is wrapped around things that have become culturally acceptable, culturally normal, right? And if we're not careful, right, they can creep into our habit patterns and actually derail us, actually sabotage our attempts at gaining personal power, doing even a third, a quarter of the stuff that this art is supposed to be providing us, right, in the way of success, again, personal power, abilities, those kind of things, right? So um, uh, a bunch of years ago, uh, where, where were we? Let's see. 2004, I think, was when I made the change. And the, our, our dojo has gone through several different names. Like um, way back in the early to mid-90s, right, uh, I stopped calling the dojo Bujinkan anything, right? <laughs> Bujinkan, Kuryu Dojo, that kind of thing. We have it, but it's for in, in-house students, right? One of the big things that I keep seeing people doing is just like just throwing up Japanese or Chinese or whatever all over people that can't speak the language. Right. They're out there looking for students. And so they're just throwing around a whole bunch of things because they think it's cool. Then they expect that everybody else thinks it's cool. And here's the thing. People may think it's cool, but if they don't understand it, then it means nothing. As a matter of fact, it actually means less than nothing it can actually drive people away from talking to you or whatever. And I know this to be true because I ended up getting students after a name change, getting students who told me they had considered for a long time contacting us, but they couldn't pronounce the name of the school and they were afraid that uh, they would offend us. I'd kick their ass, whatever, for butchering the Japanese. Right. And, I don't know. My my statement to students all the time is you butcher English. I give you lots of leeway when it comes to Japanese. 
right? But not that, right? James is chuckling in the background because he knows it's true. I say it all the time, right? So, uh, but the, the idea is that, you know, we, we expect that everybody wants the same thing that we do or whatever, right? Um, there's the, 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 the habit of gossiping or bitching and complaining about things or whatever. We'll talk about a couple of them during this episode. Um, obviously you can't go into everything, but, um, if you're, you know, if you end up, uh, or if you're one of my students, right? James knows if you're one of my, uh, I don't care if it's in-house dojo, long distance or whatever. Um, we talk about these things on a regular basis. So I'll pull some things from the mandala. Uh, there's some things that are, uh, not ancillary, but they're actually foundational lessons uh, and whatnot, right? Uh, that actually has to do with uh, this whole Sanmitsu idea of thought, word, and deed, right? Controlling your thoughts, controlling your words, right? Controlling your actions, those kind of things. Uh, but we're gonna, we're actually gonna take a look at things from the view, the perspective, right? The beliefs that we hold on to um, that are probably so subconscious, unconscious that unless we're tuned in to catching ourselves doing them. We probably don't even know we're doing. Okay. So let's start with the quit your bitching. Let's start with that, right? Okay. Um, some of you guys already know this story, but uh, went through an exercise with uh, uh, Shoshi Malmstrom a long, long time ago. And um, I had hosted him actually for a seminar. So I was stationed with the U.S. Army in West Germany, what was then West Germany, right? Because um, I was a Cold War soldier. Um, and no, that doesn't mean it was freezing all the time. Right. Anyway, if you don't understand the reference, there's always Google. Right. So um, anyway, so but as a part of this uh, class, and I don't know if it was because he was tuned in to the way I was speaking, communicating, or if it was just a blanket thing. But if you've ever had one of those experiences where your teacher's doing a lesson, you're in a group. Your teacher's doing a lesson, and it just seems like they just tailored that right for you, right? Um, and it probably wasn't, right? It's just that because of, um, one, my circumstances, two, probably my habit patterns, and three, which is most, the most important thing, I, my mind was open and awake and receiving lessons and not doing the, yeah, I know kind of thing, right? Which is the shortest way to not only make a teacher go away, but to make a uh, lesson mean absolutely nothing, right? But anyway, he was talking about this idea about um, uh, three ways to solve problems, right? Three ways to change uh, negative circumstances or whatever that you're dealing with, right? One was to get away from it. Right. It doesn't matter if it's a negative relationship, um, job that you hate, uh, whatever. Right. It doesn't matter. OK. Um, again, get away from it. Number two, you could, if it involved other people, right, um, negotiate with them and, and have a conversation with them and let them know that certain things are just not working. Right. So we're going to have to make a change here. Right. Well, if they don't agree, then you're going to have to do number one or number three. Right. Because that's all there is to it. Right. Um, but the third one was to shift your perspective. 
so that the situation was at least acceptable, right? And that you could work with it, right? It wasn't worth running away from or getting away from, right? Um, you weren't going to be able to work it out with the person because that's just the way they are. So you're just going to shift your perspective, right? I mean, that should be the easiest one for most people because that's what most people do all the time, right? They take crap, they make it acceptable um, because they're not willing to do the hard stuff. Um, and that this is not about not doing the hard stuff. This is, well, look, you know, this isn't worth fighting over. It's kind of like, I don't know, when the kids were home, right? I'm now an empty nester, but the kids were home, right? Friggin' drawers being left open, doors being left open, light switches being left on or whatever, right? just wasn't worth me being angry and miserable all the time or constantly yelling and things like that. So I'd come through and click and flick and close and whatever. Right. But, uh, but there's that possibility as well. Right. What's not on the list is bitching about things. Okay. And what he went on to describe, which I've come to absolutely believe this stuff to be true. Right. What he went on to describe was, if we are bitching and complaining, but not taking action to fix, right? And even so, bitching and complaining, right? It doesn't do anything, right? What we're hoping happens is that people will magically be somebody else, right? The conditions will just change without us having to do anything, right? So, uh, but what ends up happening regardless of whether anybody's listening, anybody's participating, uh, the universe shifts on its axis, whatever, right? What ends up happening is we spend our time telling the universe and our subconscious, right? That part of us that has a snapshot of who we believe we are, right? It tells both of those things, both of those entities, that we're the victim that we think we are. Right. We're weak, we're powerless and we're a victim. Right. So. Well, how the hell does that help anything? Right. Even if it makes us feel better, but if we go back and start and, and we really explore. Right. Where did that even come from? Right. Because babies aren't born bitching and complaining. Right. Do they cry? Yes, of course. Why do they cry? They're hungry. Right. They're uncomfortable in some way. Right. They've pooped or peed themselves. And now it's an irritant. Right. The world has bumped into them or th there's some kind of maladjustment and they need help. Right. So it's it's an, it's a warning. It's a it's a it's a signal for help. Right. Right. So great. Right. So help comes and, and, and the crying goes away. But we're not born bitching and complaining. We're born, right, figuring out a way to get help or to get things done that need to be done, right? And somewhere, somewhere along the line, well, the somewhere is we grew up around other adults who spent 95 or better percent of their lives bitching and complaining about things that they could not or would not change, Right? And then we just accepted that to be so, right? I mean, we're an amalgamation of everybody that we've decided we were going to model ourselves after. I like the way he told jokes, so I'm going to tell jokes that way. I like that it's the same, right? But the reality is that 
if we're expressing things, but we're not acting to fix them, right, then at the bare minimum, right, it's going to, this is the 100% guaranteed, whether we affect anybody else, we get anybody else's help, we make anybody else change, whatever, the 100% part is we're telling the universe and we're reminding ourselves that we really are the victim that we sound like, okay? So his big point was, and I, again, I, I 100% agree with this, right? And as soon as I stopped doing this and started affecting change, everything changed, okay? Everything changed. But the point is, is when you're in a negative situation, you've got a problem, whatever, right? Um, that is just grating on you. You've got three choices, right? Get away from it. Do something to change it, right? So if it's involving other people, you can have that negotiation, whatever, because it's a two-way street, right? You can't fix it alone, right? As, as a psychologist friend of mine once said, um, I can't fix an us problem, okay? Or, you know, we can't fix a us all problem kind of thing, right? So, um, but either way, I get away from it. I do something that affects change, right? Or, so, you know, acceptable change, right? Or if I can't do anything about it and I'm not willing to do one of the other two, then I shift my perspective so that it will serve me, right? When I say accepting something or making it so it's acceptable, that doesn't mean that I accept my lot as a victim. And, you know, the, the statement, this is, this is a big thing in, in the U.S. I don't know how, how far into the Western world it goes or how far into the world it goes. But here's one that really pisses me off, right? I don't complain about it. I'm just telling you that when I hear it, I, I either speak up and tell somebody to put their testicles back on or I get away from someone's presence and influence, okay? And that is the statement that men make that if honey ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, okay? I'm sorry that you engaged in a, and I've been there, okay? So don't take this the wrong way. I've been there. But it, I'm sorry that you chose to enter into or remain in a non-mutually beneficial relationship, because if, well, man, if I do that, I'm going to get in trouble. So you're the child and they're the parent. Well, no, they'll be angry. at. Okay, they'll be angry, but how does that make you in trouble? Right? In trouble <laughs> assumes or presumes, right, that there's a rule set that you have to follow. And if you don't, there's this authority figure that's going to divvy out punishment, right? But if you're in a mutually beneficial relationship, while you may have a common set of rules that, look, I'm not going to do this, and I'd appreciate if you didn't do it as well, right, or whatever, okay? But those things also allow for if you're going to act, speak, and do things like that, then I should be able to do the same thing. So if you can go out with your girlfriends and go shopping or whatever and blow money, then I should be able to go out with the guys and do the same thing. And if that's not okay, then we have a we have a we have a conversation to have, right? Okay. So 
Uh, and I'm not, again, not telling you how to live your life or anything like that, but right, warriors, <laughs> the, you're in control of more than just how to draw a damn sword or how to make a fist. Okay, there's there's standards, right? Okay, my wife knows one of the one of the most common statements I make is a man has to have his standards. Girls too, right? If you're a woman and you're on here, right? You have to have your standards. I get it, right? Um, but if they're one-sided, then somebody has an ego problem, right? And if they're one-sided, somebody else is not willing to have the hard conversations because they're trying to avoid conflict. Okay? So, hmm, interesting, right? But stage one, above all else, stop bitching and complaining about things. Okay? Um, the Buddhists have a saying, and this is, this is not about complaining, but it extends into this, right? If I have a problem and I can do something about it, don't worry. Right? I'm not going to worry. If you have a problem and you can't do anything about it, don't worry. If you have a problem and you can do something about it, don't worry. Right? Because presumably, right, from an enlightened standpoint, if you have a problem and you can do something about it, you will. So not doing something about it is procrastination, right? It holds things off and allows that thing to fester and typically get worse, okay? If it's somebody you're allowing to uh, treat you a certain way, act a certain way, uh, uh, encroach on your space, right, or in, in your life or whatever, a certain way, right, that causes just pain, suffering, frustration, whatever negativity kind of stuff, right? Um, and you don't act on that. That's called enabling, right? So if you can, presumably you will or are. If you can and you're not, then you're not, not only not dealing with the problem, you just made yourself a part of the problem because no action is still an action. No choice is still a choice, right? People think that if I choose or don't choose, right? You see kids do this all the time, right? You know what they did. You ask them, did you do that? Or why'd you do that? Or whatever, right? And they go quiet, okay? Because they'd have to admit why they did it. They'd have to accept responsibility. They'd have to, you know, right? Okay? But the assumption is if I don't answer, right, then... I've neutralized things. I'm in a holding pattern. I've stalled things. No. No answer is an answer. Right? Just and, and this goes into all kinds of areas of our lives. Right? Choosing, not choosing, refraining from choosing is a choice. Right? Refraining from choosing when you're given a choice. Right? Refraining from choosing from an enlightened standpoint means... I, whatever the consensus is, I'm okay with that, right? And to complain about it later, what the hell was that, right? So you obviously had a choice. Well, but I didn't want to rock. Ah, see, no, no, no. We don't get to call that one, right? Okay? So if you are not willing to throw your hat in because you're worried about somebody being angry at you, then I highly recommend that we re-examine our choice to be warriors because what we're saying is 
I'm willing to face a blade or a bullet or a stick or a fist or whatever, but I'm not willing to have somebody be angry at me. What kind of bullshit is that? Right? So, anyway, first thing, right? First thing, okay? Uh, if you're my students, you'll, you'll hear me say this kind of stuff all the time, right? Just stop bitching. Stop complaining, right? If you can't do anything about it, you know you can't do anything about it. So what do you do, right? Then you, you should go into a holding pattern, being patient, right? But to most people, being patient means that they're going to like distract themselves until it's their turn and then they can, they can go do this other thing, right? No, no, no. When I'm using patience, nin, right? We know it is, uh, we don't have the, the, uh, kanji up, right? But everybody knows the nin symbol, right? For ninja. Nin, to persevere, also means patience, okay? The enemy holds his blade over my heart. It's not safe to act right now, or I can't, or whatever the conditions are, right? I can't. So I'm going to be patient, right? That doesn't mean to back down. That doesn't mean to go away. And then hopefully you can do it later, right? Patience is the act of going into an observational holding pattern. And I'm going to watch. So as soon as the opportunity arises, I can act. Right? It's not about, you know, acquiescing. It's not about surrendering. Okay? This is very, very, you know, it's very different. But I, I truly do believe, and I, I believe this because I've had to do the hard work on myself, and I see how other people operate, and I've tried to help my kids through this stuff. Um, we developed a sense of understanding or thinking that we understood these different things as a child, and probably for most of us, right, we didn't have mentors that could give us the correct version, right? The correct definition, the enlightened side of things, or we did, and our childish nature was to ignore those stupid adults, right? So um, what we now have is a problem where we have a child's perspective and decision-making or decisions made when we were what? Six, 16, whatever, right? Um, and that's the person driving the adult mechanism. Okay? That's some scary shit, right? If you think about it, okay? I'm making decisions about whatever, right? Or I could be based on the decision I made as a five-year-old who had no freaking clue how the world worked, how relationships operated, anything like that, right? All I had to go on was what I saw in front of me. Right. I like that. I'm going to do that. I don't like that. I'm never going to do that. Right. You know, you've heard kids say this. Right. OK. They were spanked as a kid. When I grew up. I'm never going to spank my kids. I'm going to let them do whatever they want. Yeah. How's that working for? Them? Right? And I'm not saying you have to spank anybody, but, you know, child, all the child cared about was getting what they wanted. And so punishment or the fact they broke the rule. Well, there shouldn't be any rules. Right. Or there can be rules, but I shouldn't have to follow them. Right. Okay, so, and that just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds, right? So, anyway, no bitching, okay? No bitching. I'm going to say it again. No bitching, okay? Uh, it's, it's in most 
religious or philosophical uh, kind of traditions, right? Uh, in Christianity, you have the serenity prayer, right? Okay. Allow me to, to know the things that I can change, the things I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference, right? It allows us to put energy where energy can go. Right? If I can't change something, well, then I need to get with the program, okay? If I can change it, or if I can affect it, then get with the program, okay? So putting energy and effort into things that you can't, or complaining about things that you can't, right? In Buddhism, there's this whole idea of trishna, right? Misdirected desire, right? As the cause of suffering, right? Wanting things to be a way they can't be, wanting to have things you can't have, wanting to get rid of or get away from things that you can't get rid of or get away from, all kinds of things, right? Because it comes from a child mind. Right? So anyway, all right. So what else, right? What else? Okay. Um, we don't have the time in this episode to go around the mandala to look at these things. So I'm going to kind of hint at things, right? Uh, not really hint at, but I'll just, I'll just kind of cherry pick them as we go. Um, just to toss some things out so that you have a place to start. Okay. Um, so another one of these things, and, uh, and again, the promise that was made in the little slide and the, and the promotional stuff that went out, right, was things that are commonplace, commonly accepted in today's world that rob you, right, that are enemies to personal power. Okay. You know, just false beliefs, right, ignorance, okay, um, that have to do with things like you know, you can't have your cake and eat it too, right? I mean, kids are taught that kind of stuff, right? Or, uh, you know, you have your dreams, but then you grow up, you get a job, and you work the rest of your life, and then you die, right? So, um, you know, the, there's even things I've heard um, marriage vows, right? That at this point, it's time to set aside childish things, right? Well, define childish things. Play, right? It's already been proven by, by uh, psychologists and anthropologists and all that, that the more complex the individual or the group or the society, right, the harder the work and the more brain work that's involved, the more important the process of play becomes, right? Because you need outlets, okay? Um, all kinds of things, right? So, so what else do we put aside? Well, for most people, you put aside your dreams because, you know, you hit a point where you just, you, know, you go to work, you come home, you eat, you shit, you go to sleep, you wake up tomorrow and do it all over again, right? And then you get your requisite couple of days or a week or if you're in the military, a whole month, right? Why wouldn't people... Join the military, right? Get a whole month, first from day one, right? Whole month of vacation. Anyway, it paid, right? Um, you get your requisite days, right? And then what? Right? I don't know. I haven't lived in that in that um, uh, sphere realm for decades, right? I created my job. I created my life, right? Does that mean I can take off whenever I want? Yes. Is it a good idea? Depends on what the bank account says, right? Depends on what responsibilities, obligations, 
agreements and whatnot I've entered into that create priorities or whatever, right? So um, can I? Well, ultimately, yes. Should I? No. <laughs> right? And here's the other thing. Do I want to? No. For the most part, I absolutely love what I do. Right? Uh, what I have learned to do here most recently is to delegate out things that I'm either not good at or that pull me away from things that I need to be doing to produce the results I need faster, stay on track, those kind of things, right? So, um, uh, you know, I might be on doing my own books and accounting. No. Do I like it? Absolutely not, right? But I'm not bitching while I'm doing it. I tune in, get it done, whatever. But I found somebody, I didn't even know these people existed, um, but she absolutely loves doing that kind of thing. And it's not my wife. She does not. You mentioned math to my wife, and math is absolutely a four-letter word, right? Literally and figuratively, right? Uh, but one of the sensei at the dojo, she's like, oh, I, I love that. <laughs> Great. Love it for me. There you go, right? So, um, but you know, you figure it out, okay? But again, there are these social things, right? And we have to be careful, right, that we're not falling into the delusion of the masses, Okay. <laughs> I mean, we're tr we're all trying to be ninja for God's sake. Some of you may not be. I mean, you may be in from some other, you know, path or whatever. But if you're trying to be a ninja, and I don't mean a budo taijutsuist, right? I don't mean a bujinkanist, right? I don't mean ninpo taijutsuist. I mean a ninja. Okay. There's there's a whole bunch of aspects that are requisite for that thing, right? to be that thing. If we're trying to be that, then we are literally placing ourselves in a group that makes up one-tenth of one-tenth of one percent of the entire population. I mean, hell, just to be, to be somebody who can commit to something and stick to it no matter what puts you in a tiny group within, a, within the entire world's population that makes up one-tenth of one percent. Okay, so if you're one of the folks that have been taught to hate the one percenters, well, you've gone way past that, right? So you're somebody that the one percenters would be envious of and want to take all your shit away from you and shut you down and cancel you and all kinds of things. Okay, so, but there's another thing, right? Um, this whole cultural idea of... Uh, as long as you gave it a good try, nobody can fault you for that. Try is very often, more often than not, a cop-out. Okay? Well, I'll give it a try. Really? Hmm. Anybody ever read any of Hatsumi Sensei's books? Right? In Secrets from the Grandmaster. No? Yeah, Secrets from the Grandmaster. Right? It, it was a book that he co-wrote with Stephen and Rumiko Hayes. Um, and then because a bunch of people got pissed off because he co-wrote the book with them, he did a follow-up book that's actually much smaller, right, where each chapter is a little discussion with a bunch of other 
than Shidoshi or whatever. Um, Grandmaster's Book of Ninja Training, I think. It's a white book, small. Yeah. James is nodding, so I guess I'm right. Okay. But either way, right? Okay. So, I mean, Hatsumi Sensei, throughout my training career with him, until the, co- the last couple of years when he was just seriously getting pissed off at people and making it known, right? Um, as a matter of fact, one of the Daishihan, who's now a Soke, almost was asked to leave the Bujinkan um, before they attained Soke ship. That's how pissed off he was at certain times, right? But for the most part, he was what we might call a wind personality, right? So just kind of keep people happy, right? Whatever you're doing is fine. That's all great, right? Because he just had this belief that those who were going to work at things were going to work at it no matter what, right? They were going to question things. So, you know, uh, at one point he told um, uh, what we know now know as Dai Shihan, right? Taught the, uh, the Japanese Shihan, just teach whatever you want, right? Those who are going to get it are going to get it. And those who won't, you can pound them on the head and they're not going to get it, right? Uh, I know that pisses a lot of people off because would you now it's our responsibility. That's one of the lessons to being taught to turn you into a ninja. A ninja is an information gatherer. A ninja is also somebody that verifies and validates all information received. Right? You know, just a blind follower. Okay? So, anyway. Um, where was I on that? Oh, the Grandmaster's Book of Ninja Training, right? Um, Hatsumi Sensei, uh, there, there's, a, there's a section in there where he describes what he considers to be a good try. Okay? What he says is, if, if, you're, um, if you're working at this stuff, right, and you've been working at it for 10 years and you're still not getting it, then you might consider trying something else. You might consider, okay, 10 years, right? To Westerners with a drive-up window mentality, 10 years, holy shit. 10 years, some people will be lucky if they do it for freaking 10 months, let alone 10 weeks, right? I want I want belts now, man. I want freaking progress. I want patted on my head. I want to be told that I freaking understand, right? Where's my Where's my participation award? Where's my participation trophy, right? I want to be, I'm trying to prove myself to sensei. If he doesn't validate me, I'll go someplace else, right? Okay. That's the cool thing about how to be since a fishing in the war in the, on the planet, right? You know, all sensei's marketing, you know, this, right? You, you know, marketing. Okay. No, they weren't advertisements on television. They weren't ads in magazines. Okay. They came out in the form of books and videos, magazine articles, marketing, okay. Education based marketing. Okay. And he just, gathered all these people right so you win some you lose some but if you got hundreds of thousands coming through the process right even if you lost 90 percent you still got a couple of thousand and then how many of those are going to be really really good right it's just it's just understanding that it's understanding human nature right so anyway, 
um, this this idea of giving it a good try, right? Giving giving things a try. And I know the Yoda comment and the you know all that kind of stuff, right? It, it's funny people will parrot those cliches, right? I've had people listening to this thing now, whether it's live or or later on as a recording, if they made it this far, right? Um, uh, most people, uh, not most, some of these people, right? They've, they're listening to Yoda in their head or they're nodding because they know the, the statement. They know the phrase, right? They know the cliche, right? But they're going to have to grab themselves by the hair or the nape of the neck or whatever, drag themselves over to a mirror and take a good hard look to see if they're actually living that. They're actually walking the talk or if they're just, if ego's just, right? Oh, I know that one. Oh, psh. Jesus, won't this guy say something I don't already know? Say the same thing I tell my students in the dojo. We'll stop working on a technique and I'll stop teaching the same lesson when you actually freaking get the lesson. And I don't mean received it. I mean, you're actually a walking, talking, living example of the lesson. Until then, I have to feel like I'm insane because I keep fucking repeating myself. But I'm sure my teachers felt the same way about me, and I'm glad that they didn't kill me. So welcome to the journey. Right. So uh, part number one, right, stop bitching. Part number two, stop trying. Okay. Just do. Just get out there and do stuff, right? The more you do, the more questions will pop up. Okay? And it should we, we should never hit a, a level of complacency, right? Complacency, comfort, right? Oh, I got this one. See, that should be a warning sign. That should be a huge freaking flag and a foghorn going off at the same time. Okay? The moment you think you have it, right, is the moment you're going to stop training. Right? That's what Mr. Tate used to always say. Um, if you never think you're going to, if you think you're never going to get this stuff, right, you're wrong. Right? And if you think you have it, if you think you already got it, you're wrong. Oh, shit. What the hell does that mean? Right? Well, it means there's always a next step. There's always a next level. There's always a next thing to do. So, if I don't think I'm getting it, What's the answer to that? Go find a senior or a teacher or whatever and ask, right? What am I missing? Last week's episode, was last week's episode the the, um, uh, the thing about a mentor, right? Most important question to ask a mentor, right? And what was that question? What do I believe to be true that isn't? Because, I mean, if somebody's just running around blowing smoke up your ass and they just have some tricks up their sleeves and they're not living the philosophy they're not they're not they don't understand things to such a level that like the stuff you're trying to you're struggling to get they just they don't even think about that stuff because that they that is like breathing they don't even think about it right they've got their own little struggle and it's so far ahead that you don't even know that stuff is a problem right so um what don't i know right and this this kind of leads into one area on the on the um, on the mandala. It's in the earth realm, uh, the southern realm, the earth realm, um, and it's this negative attribute of pride. Like I understood the words he said, 
I mean, I, I mean, I understand the, the, the lesson or whatever, right? Or conversely, right? I don't want to look stupid, right? I can't look like I don't know. They'll think less of me, whatever. See how ego leads, right? So, you know, we're, we're trying to make it so that we're not looked upon a certain way, right? So we're trying to not lead with ego and yet we're not leading with ego. Ego is driving. Doesn't matter if he's in the front seat, back seat, hauling the trailer, whatever, right? Or he's in a forklift pushing. Doesn't matter, right? Ego is driving, right? But it's all wrapped around pride, right? So the answer in the earth realm, right, to lead to enlightenment is this idea of equanimity, right? We know about equity, right? Okay? Not equality, equity, right? Equity just means value, okay? That's a big cultural thing these days, right? Everybody wants to feel like they're included. Well, you already are, right? Um, uh, but see, here's the, here's the difference, right? Do you want to be included because you want to be included or do you want to be included because you're going to be a, a, uh, a valuable asset to the group you're trying to infiltrate? Well, I just don't want to be left out. Well, see, that's a problem. Because if you're trying to be on one of my teams and you're not producing anything, I'm going to ask you to leave. Either learn what you need to do, fulfill your responsibilities or the things you agreed to do, or don't be a part of the group. Okay. Well, you're kicking me out because I'm X, Y, Z. No, I'm kicking you out because you're non-productive. Okay. You're not you're not at the level I need you to be operating at to get things done so that we as a team can move forward, right? Because any team, family, work group, whatever, is only as strong and only as effective as the weakest link. And if everybody else is running around making sure that little Bobby doesn't feel left out, doesn't feel whatever, right? It's all about feelings then everybody's going to end up resenting, feeling frustrated, accepting a lower level, whatever. Okay? Do some research on warrior societies. See how well that was accepted. Okay? The Spartans fucking killed those. They didn't ostracize them. They kick them out of the clan, right? You just kill them. Okay? I'm not suggesting that we need to be that brash. However, I am accepting of anyone. You can be anything and anyone you want to be. But without certain personality traits or character traits, you can't be in my group. No matter how much you want to be in my group. If you want to be in my group, then learn what you need to learn, develop the skill sets you need to develop, and have the work ethic that's necessary to be a part of my group. Right? There's, there's a lot of folks, and this is, this is really harsh for, for the spiritually oriented, okay? And I'm not having a discussion with them either, right? I'm a Buddhist lay teacher in the Tendai sect of Tendai Nikyo. Um, I've learned the lessons, 
Okay. You need to accept everyone for who they are. Absolutely. I have no problem with that. Okay. Well, then you need to engage with them a certain way. Absolutely not. Okay. The easiest way to cut down on the amount of negativity, bad karma, and all that kind of stuff in my sphere of influence is to choose who I speak to, who I engage with, and who I share thoughts with. Because as the Buddha said, these teachings are only for those with a little dust on their eyes. My addition to that is mud packs are going to take way longer. Right? So, but equanimity, right? Everybody wants to jump on the, the thing that everybody has equal value. Right? But what they're missing is the question, what's the context? Right? Everybody has equal value. Well, great. Let's take a bunch of uh, preschool and kindergartners and well, let's, let's go all the way up to like 12th grade, right? We're going to suit them up, right? And put them on an NFL football team or a world uh, soccer team and see what happens. What value will they have to the team? Right? It's context, right? The Enlightenment teachings. I don't care if we're talking about from the warrior perspective or whatever, right? When do I draw my sword? When do I move to what particular angle? What's the naname? All that kind of stuff, right? How do I do that? What's he doing? What environment am I in? What constraints am I, am I under? What orders have I been given? Context. Okay? People want to just throw that stuff to the side, right? You cannot play these games. If you play these games, you will lose. And by lose, I mean you will be mediocre at best, and you will not be mediocre at this stuff. You will come up with a version of this that is bullshit. Okay? You can call it whatever you want, but it's not going to hint. It's not even going to hint it at warriorship. Okay, so equanimity, right? Equanimity, this whole idea, this misunderstanding of equanimity comes from actually the opposite side of the mandala, the wind realm, okay? The negative side of wind realm, of the wind realm, right, is wind, is this, this wind realm is the warrior's realm, right? It's the, it's the realm of sacrifice. It's the realm of all accomplishing action, which requires a shit ton of skills, strategic thinking, all kinds of stuff, right? And a willingness to put oneself out in front of flying bullets, right? Out in front of things that we believe deserve to be in the world more than we do. And if you don't have anything in your life that fits that description, then there's a big hole in the wholeness, right? That, that makes up this personal power, right? And that's another big cultural thing, right? The individual, right? Okay. is more important than anything else. So everybody's running around, coming up with identity names, coming up with all kinds of things, right? And all they're really doing is separating things out to where, you know, they're pointing out individuality. Well, that's all great, right? But then they're coming up with names, and so other people can use those names too, and then, well, that kind of creates a group. But no, see, I'm not the same as everybody else in my group. I'm the, it's kind of like the one year I went to, 
to want to um, to uh, register for voting, right? And uh, for, forever, I mean forever, right? I've called myself an independent, right? So I thought this was going to be easy, right? You can do it when you when you renew your driver's license in the state of Pennsylvania, right? So it comes up on the screen, right? You want to you know register to vote. You can change your party. You can just whatever, right? Okay, fantastic. Okay, I thought, yeah, why not, right? Okay, and all I thought I was going to do was hit independent, right? So I did, and then I had to throw, scroll through 12 pages asking me what kind of independent am I? The hell, <laughs> right? Right? <laughs> oh my God! Um, so I. I, I couldn't find I'm an independent, leave me the hell alone. I couldn't find that one. So, um, <laughs> you know, I'm a free thinker. How about that? Right. I'm going to I'm going to analyze everybody. I'm not enslaved or spoken for by any given party group or whatever. Right. Well, apparently the world doesn't like that. So anyway. Right. But on the opposite side, right? There's this all accomplishing action, but the negative trait that comes from the wind realm, right? One of them is envy. Okay. One of them is envy, right? So I don't have, right? So I'm going to be envious of what everybody else has. So I'm constantly being distracted, right? I'm on my little path here, but I'm being distracted by that. Oh, I don't have that. I don't have that weapon. Oh, I don't have that technique. Oh, I just, whatever, right? So Binge watching YouTube videos, uh, yep, right, watching hours and hours and hours of Kuden and Whiteboard Wednesday and all that kind of stuff, right, um, and then counting that as training, counting that as practice. No, that's research part. It's one of the three aspects of training, right, knowledge base, and then go do, right, it's always go do, come back and study, go do, come back and reflect, go do, right, so, um, but the other negative trait that comes from the wind realm is, and it's not that it's always negative, it's the use of it, right? There is this carefree, I call it B personality type, right? Because I'm an A personality type and B personality type just run me the wrong way, right? Because like, I'll get to it, dude, like chill out, dude, if you don't, dude, one, I'm not your dude. Two, if you don't move your ass, before I help you off my team, I'm going to constrict certain parts of your body that are necessary for blood and oxygen flow, right? But anyway, right? So um, they're very, very, just like the wind realm would 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 uh, would uh, insinuate, right? They're just they're all over the place, right? The negative trait is non-committal, right? So it's all about avoidance, right? Which is a great tactic, right? When when danger's coming at you and all that, right? Evasion, avoidance, and all that. It's all good, right? But what we're talking about is, um, let's say that I'm this guy, right? Very, very wishy-washy, right? Won't commit to anything, whatever. Like, Everything is in its place, man. Like everything kind of, you know, it's all like, you know, it's all good, right? So I'm talking to my one friend, right? My one friend's all about like save the dolphins, right? They're being um, 
uh, scooped up, you know, by fishing trawlers and all that kind of stuff with all these other ones, right, or sharks or whatever, and they're being defended, they're being killed and all that. They end up in tuna cans and whatever, right? So we're going to go join Greenpeace. Great. Yes, I'm all for that, right? You bet, right? Absolutely, right? And then, so I'm going to go do that. And then tomorrow I'm talking to my friend who's like, Dude, it's just a fact of the way life is. Unless you want to be out there fishing one fish at a time, right, and feed the world, things happen, right? Could there be better ways? Yes, there can be better ways or whatever. But, you know, if if you're not going to have your own garden, you're not going to have your own farm, you're not going to have your own hatchery, you're not going to whatever, right, you know, some slip through, right? Does that mean they're scooping up entire schools of dolphins and whatnot? No, of course. So what am I going to do? Oh, you're absolutely right. Right? I won't pick a side. Right? So when it comes to the other side, right, the positive side of the earth realm has to do with structure. It has to do with command. It has to do with motivation. It has to do with inspiration. Those kind of things. Being a role model. Right? Law, structure, those kind of things, right? They're, they seem at odds with each other, right? There's a way to, to reconcile them. But this guy over here won't, right? Equanimity sounds really, really good, right? If everybody's equal and whatever, right? So what they end up doing is jumping on that bandwagon, right? But do they really not care? Hmm. Put some pressure on them. We'll see what happens. Okay? I'll give you for instance. Uh, my wife, for whatever reason, has always thought we should be in the great race. Do you know that's, you know that reality show? Right? Take you in different places of the world and put you through different things and whatever. Well, anyway, um, she wanted to watch this thing the other night. And, uh, there were 12 couples that started. Some were, uh, uh father, daughter, two sisters, husband, wife, whatever, right? Well, there was a husband, wife couple and they were motivational speakers, right? They went to schools, rah, rah, kumbaya, teach kids, you know, you're all valuable. Everything is great. We all, you know, whatever, right? Ta-da-da, whatever, right? And this woman in, in her normal life, right? The, the wife of the couple, right? In her normal life, right? She's the A personality, right? She's the go, go, there's no failure. There's no whatever, right? All they had to do out of three of these things, one was to roll a beer barrel. It was empty, right? Through a maze that was just made of freaking straw bales, right? One was to saw, they were in Germany, right? So two-person saw, right? Saw through this log, right? And saw a piece off of it. Just one, okay? And what was the other one? Uh, to break through a block of ice and find this little clue or something right well she made him do that but or no she do that doesn't really matter right anyway by midway right so they were only like she she was starting to break during the first exercise they did by the second one she's leaning up against a fence post crying her eyes out asking rhetorically why this is so difficult why is this so hard? Why is this? Well, because it's easy to be a freaking motivational speaker when there's no pressure. It's easy to have all the answers and, and sound wise. 
when you're not in the pressure cooker. But she was competing against 11 other teams and having to work with a partner. Couldn't just tell somebody, you do that part because that's the hard part. I'll do this part because this fits me, right? We got to work together. There's all kinds of things, right? Well, it was exposing weaknesses. Fantastic. Keep going, right? You put yourself there, keep going, okay? But it's it's easy to do those things, but what ends up happening is when pressure hits, everything changes, right? What you'll see from this personality, right, the wishy-washy one, right, that will agree with everybody, right, because they're trying to avoid anybody disliking them, right? They're trying to avoid conflict, right? So this universal, unitarian kind of thing, right? Well, this is perfect, right? Because, like, I'm all for just agreeing with everybody, right? The problem is when that breaks, okay? And there's pressure, okay? Like, put this person in a leadership role, okay? Great. There's a time limit. Some people aren't producing that will get us to the time limit. And we cannot go past it, right? right? Okay. This is not a child's game where, as a six-year-old, whenever things aren't going my way, I'm just going to change the rules. Because people who do that, it's not for everybody else, right? Have you ever heard somebody describe things in a way that makes it about everybody? Here's a phrase for you. We're all in this together. Anybody that ever uses that on you, know that it's all about them. Whatever the agenda is, it's all about them. They're making it about everybody else. But if it were truly about everybody else, they wouldn't need to get the same benefit. I'm acting in that person's best interest. Okay. Any parent that's ever sacrificed for their child knows what I'm talking about. Okay. And that sacrifice could be watching a freaking movie you have absolutely no interest in. And you're going to be talking to your child, right? Three-year-old, I'm talking to my grandson, right? Grandpa, this is like, that's, that's really cool, buddy. Right? <laughs> but I'm not going to let him know that, that, that I'm not into this or whatever, because it's not about me. It's about him. Right? Same thing. We're all in this together. Really? Are we? Because if we make a different choice, are you still going to be in with us? Probably not. Okay? You can always tell when ego is driving. If you learn to pay attention. If you learn to, to be able to see. If you learn to listen, not just hear. Right? Um, what's that old saying? Right? Looking takes an instant. Seeing could take a lifetime. Hearing takes an instant. Listening could take a lifetime. Okay? So all these things are enemies to personal power. Right? Anybody that ever says there ought to be a law, there probably shouldn't. Because anybody that understands social structure and laws understands that laws are compliance through gunpoint. I can't wait for the arguments to happen. Well, no one's like forcing you to do it. 
Really? You pass a law and I say, I'm not doing it. What happens? Well, we'll let you get a warning. Okay, great. I'm going to ignore the warning. What happens? Well, you get a fine. Great. I'm not going to pay the fine. What happens? Sooner or later, the guys with the guns are going to show up to punish me for not complying. So anybody that wants a law passed to get something they want done put in place, they're okay with applying force. Now, here's the enlightened side of things, right? Not mine. These are 2,000-year-old lessons, right? To be okay with that being done to somebody else to get what you want, you have to be okay when a law gets passed that makes something you're doing illegal. Because that's fair, right? If we're not okay with that, then we're the six-year-old playing the board game, changing the rules every time it's not working out for us. That's egocentric. Okay. What else? Um, I think I'm going to just, I'm going to stop there, but there's, there's plenty of these things, right? Um, my suggestion is start looking at what is commonly believed to be true and start to question it. Okay. And ask yourself, how does this serve? Okay. How does this serve me? How does this serve whatever? Okay. Um, and do yourself a favor. If you're really trying to develop personal power, avoid jumping on the bandwagon of talking about corruption and does corrupt corruption exist? Yeah. Can you do anything about it? Nope. Okay. People that complain about that kind of stuff, corruption, the evil one percenters, the man that's out to get you, whatever, generally aren't doing anything but running at the mouth. They're just a damn mouth with legs. What they're trying to do is bark loud enough that somebody else will do all the hard work. The homeless plight. People people could make room in their house for at least one. Really? How many do you have in your house? Why should anybody follow your logic if you're not willing to do it first? It's the same for anything. Is homelessness terrible? Yeah, but you know what? There's a good percentage of homeless people, believe it or not, that choose to be homeless. And I don't mean that they like living a certain way. I mean, they like the non-attachment. I just read a story a week ago about a guy who had a job as an executive and he and his wife live in a sewer tunnel. Interesting, huh? <laughs> That's pretty friggin' interesting. Okay. I want to know how he vetted women in his life to find somebody who was as intelligent, upscale, and whatnot, and the logic of living that way off the grid, but using the grid for their benefit, right? I, I see my, my brain goes to, hmm, what was the vetting process to find a woman like that? Okay. I, I believe that my wife would sleep under a bridge with me, right, if it came to it. But that wasn't a part of my vetting process. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so um, interesting stuff. 
right? But quite, the, 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 if you're trying to develop personal power, yes, knowledge is it. But if you keep swimming in all the shit that exists, you're going to drain your energy and you're going to have nothing left for positive movement, right? Which is why most successful people, right, unless they're involved in, like, finance and all that kind of stuff, in which case that's the part of the news they watch, or they watch the news for how this stuff connects, right? They don't listen to the news. They don't read the newspaper. They don't watch thing, whatever, right? They catch up on it in little spurts or whatnot, okay? Because it's an energy suck. It's an energy drain. Most of it you can't do anything about anyway. And if you pay attention to news cycles, yesterday's enemy becomes today's friend, becomes tomorrow's uh, problem, becomes, right? It It's just... Right? And people keep talking about the good old days. I've gone back and looked at newspapers and new, you know, newsreels and all that kind of stuff. All the change were the names, and what the clothing and the gear looked like. Same shit, different day. Okay. If you're trying to be successful, if you're trying to break out of some kind of rut, if you're trying to develop more in the way of personal power. The questions that need to come to mind are, does this thing serve me, serve to move me forward in the direction I want to go? If it doesn't, what do I need to know about it so I can go over it, around it, through it, use it, whatever, right? Um, and can I do anything about it? Right. If it's a problem. Right. Can I do anything about it? Right. If I can, what? Right. And again, it goes back to the number one. Right. What? If there's multiple options, which one will lead me in the direction I need to go? Right. And if I can't, then I hold. Wait till it passes. Wait for conditions to change. Whatever. Or <laughs> how about if while I'm waiting for that behemoth to go by, if it's too Man, that could, that could take months because it's such a great. What other part of your frickin' plan could you be working on while you're waiting for that to change? Okay. So this is about being more strategic. Stop waiting to be motivated. Stop waiting to feel like it. Develop a plan, act on the plan, and move. I promise you, you start being successful, you'll be motivated to do more, right? You start uh, having positive experience and feeling like, right, you, you have a success, you'll feel like doing more, right? Motivation and feeling driven kind of things is, again, that's another social thing, right? Nothing pisses me off. There's lots of things that piss me off, right? <laughs> but... One of the things that pisses me off a lot is the fact that people use somehow linguistically in our culture, people have come to take on this habit of using the word feel where the word think belongs. I feel like that shouldn't be right. I don't give a shit what you feel like. What's what's your logic? What's your baseline that tells me where you are in this thing? But I just don't feel like it's fair. Because you're losing or because you're not, you don't know how to move forward or, okay, 
We have an intellect so that our emotions don't rule the day. You imagine, right? I mean, saber two tigers and shit coming at you and whatnot, right? All of us, any of us that, that are either veterans or active or police or firefighters or whatever, right? Very few of us are wired to like running into the possibility of death. Many of us, most of us are wired to do it, right? That doesn't include everybody. See, that's not inclusive, right? This inclusivity bullshit, right? Okay. Put me in a room with a hundred other people, and I promise you, if the shit hits the fan, 10 to 20% of us will run toward it. About the same number will freeze in place, and the rest will stampede over anyone freezing in place to get the hell out. So in that instance, really, we're all equal? Because without the guys that are going to run toward it and try to stop it, or at least hold ground moving in that direction. When I say holding, I don't mean like holding ground. So those guys are running in. If they get past them, we're the last line of defense. I'm talking about standing in place, pissing ourselves, and shaking in our shoes. I'm not talking about those guys. Okay? I'm talking about the toxic people, right, as far as our culture goes. Okay? If all of these traits that we're developing makes me a toxic male, present but just remember the names that are developed and the titles that are developed in that direction right when it comes to name calling or negative identities and things like that right they're usually developed by people who are afraid of those other things it's a psychological tactic right soldiers do it more Call the bad guy, call the opponent, the, the, the enemy, right? Come all kinds of names. Okay? Can you believe that we called down Krauts and zipper heads and you know, whatever? Yeah. Yeah, I can believe it, right? It's a way to depersonalize them so that your entire system, psychologically, internally, neurologically, doesn't fry itself when you go murdering them. And did you ever stop to ask the other side what they called us? No, because I'm only picking on our people. Well, go pick somewhere else. Right? These are natural defense mechanisms. Right? And anybody that's come up with this logic where everything is all peace, love, and rainbows, right, has never, ever, ever been in a really bad situation other than they were probably an irritant and people didn't like it, so they thought they were being ostracized. No, you're being kicked in the seat of the pants that if you're going to hang out, be productive. Heard a really great thing. We'll go to questions here in just a minute. Uh, I won't discuss that. I won't name the topic because it doesn't matter. The answer was brilliant. There was a little pro-con kind of argument going on. Somebody sent me this video. And finally, the person who was really losing the logic war, right, finally said, my mom, 20 years ago, was, was, um, was uh, demonstrating, was, you know, whatever, right, about this exact same thing, right? How can that be possible, right? 
they were demonstrating against it then or resisting against it then, and we're doing it now. Why is this still happening? Great answer. The answer was because some people believe that they can do whatever they want, not have to take responsibility for things, and everybody else will, will clean up the mess. And you will always have people like that. Unfortunately, they tend to be the biggest sounding boards. And so they get the most press. Okay? Follow. Well, people like to say follow the money. Follow the benefits. Follow the agenda. What is at the root of somebody wanting something? Okay? Will I be better off personally if I make more money? Have, uh, you, know, uh, you know, warrior concepts is bigger. And I, yeah. But why? Why am I building those things? Because there's lots of avenues in this world where I can make a lot of money. A lot more and a lot faster than I'm doing now. What was the episode? 68? 69? Something like that. Where I did my origin story. Okay. People need this stuff. It's the same reason it's been passed down for centuries. People need this stuff. And the more I can help, will I benefit the more? Of course, right? But I'm also trying to make my family comfortable. I'm trying to improve the lives of other people, right? Um, beliefs and values, right? We, we have three things that go into uh, pro, uh, portfolio folders when new students come in the door, right? One is our story. One is our mission statement, and these are not just woo-woo kind of things, right? And one are beliefs and values. And there's a whole list of beliefs and values that we hold to be true at Warrior Concepts. And one of those is we allow our staff to, um, to serve with compensation. That's it, right? So are we living to all those ideals just yet? Not yet, right? We need to get to certain points so that each one gets activated, right? But they start off as beliefs and values, and they're a roadmap. Okay? I can't do some of those things if we're not big enough to need staff. Right? Can't do some of those things if right, we don't have extra right, to be able to spread, spread the word out and all that kind of stuff. Right? So I don't know, does that start to sound woo-woo and uh, evangelical? and Maybe. I don't know. Right. I just know that I believe that I'm here to make sure that I can either prevent others from experiencing or to help people escape from the shit that I have firsthand experience with. And instead of passing laws or putting more police on the street and turning the place into a, into a police state instead of doing all these things that activists are trying to do, right? I believe that the fastest, quickest, best way to make any community safer is to make 10 to 12% of the entire population black belts. If a bad guy doesn't know if the person he's attacking, the house he's breaking into, the business he's robbing or whatever is a warrior's, they're going to go someplace easier. 
You're going to go someplace else. They're going to go to a sanctuary place. Because <laughs> there's no sanctuary for you here. Right? Fit in with the group or we'll kick your ass. Well, that makes you bullies. No, that makes us want to live safely and in peace. And if that's problematic, go join a commune somewhere. Right? See, even the Buddha, the, the Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama said, it's easy to go off to the woods or, or whatever. And it's, it's not that it be woods, mountains, or whatever. It can be your own little group and your own little enclave, right? And, and do spiritual things. But as soon as you walk out into the world, you better have skills for navigating the world. Because if you're not careful, you get run over by a bus. Okay. Anyway, that's all I got. Um, James, questions, comments, complaints? Sensei, you're an asshole, which I already know. Thanks anyway. Appreciate it. <laughs> you're old, fat, and you're bald, and you need original material. I <laughs> <laughs> <Like> can <an> A. <laughs> I haven't been I haven't been uh, threatened on uh, YouTube videos lately. Maybe I need to produce some more and get them out there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, questions? Any, anybody? Questions? Comments? No. Uh, Lee, Carl, Phil Jones, Tori, and Josh Bell all said good evening. Good evening, and I did want to thank Tori. Tori reached out um, with a. Uh, compliment about the way I describe things, which is, I mean, I describe things the way I describe things, um, but I appreciate the kind words. Um, and he made some suggestions about maybe some lessons to get out there or whatever, again, based on the way I, um, I describe things. Um, and I, I appreciate when, when suggestions like that come in. Um, what I would really like to hear from folks, right, because I keep hearing more and more, right, the way you describe things, uh, some of my students, that's that's where um, it, on, on the corporate consulting stuff, right? Um, I call myself the strategy and tactics guy. That actually came from students within uh, this art because, um, you know, I've always said any monkey can learn the moves, right? Strategically and tactically, um, do you understand that part of it? Because that's that's what wins wars, right? You can throw as many bullets down range as you want, but if you're not being strategic and tactical, you're just going to run out of ammunition. At some point, you're going to run out. Right. Um, but what I'm really looking for more than anything else is not the, hey, you know, sensei's great, sensei's good, sensei trains with steel and wood, you know, nothing like that. Right. <laughs> what, I'm, what I'm really looking for are what I would call case studies. Right. What. What did you take from, I don't know, a Kudan a program you were in, whatever. Right. And how are you able to produce results better now than you were before you started? Right. If you're going to talk about me, right. If you're going to talk about anybody, whatever, that's okay. Right. But, um, you know, you're moving along, right. Doing all this kind of stuff. You got this thing, you had an aha moment, you added that in and now you went from, you know, here to here, right. Sorry. Uh, audio people, right. Lower level, higher level, whatever. Right. Um, how did that happen? Right. Um, or, you know, what, what was the change? What was the difference? 
right? Um, how did that help you produce improvement? So again, this isn't about me, right? To most people, testimonials, you know, are all about, oh man, train with this guy. He's greater than Swiss cheese and, you know, whatever, right? See, if I were fishing for those things, it would be about me, right? If you do case studies, right? Not only do you help other people recognize the kind of change that they might be looking for and the fact that it happened, but <laughs> what you're helping me with is seeing what's valuable to people. And then I can make sure that more of those kind of lessons go out. Um, I can re-examine how I'm doing things because maybe that was something that was unintentional. And if, you know, oh, crap. Why, if I just said this, this, and this, he'd have freaking got the point B three times faster kind of thing, right? Because it, it allows me to, to know what's valuable on your end and how to, how to proceed from there as a teacher, right? But for other people, right, you know, maybe somebody saying, you know, he's a good teacher, you know, whatever, right? Um, but people are looking – People are looking for solutions to problems. That problem could be everything from anger management to low self-confidence. It could be, um, you know, I'm struggling with this given technique. I don't know this, whatever it is, right? But when they see that other people, right, have made the jump, right, and by how much and, and what they can do now that they couldn't do before, that kind of thing, that makes that's the difference, right? That makes a huge difference, right? So, you know, uh, telling me that, you know, you know, other people would benefit by the way you explain things. Okay, right? But how did the way I explained any given thing help you make a small improvement, make a quantum leap, whatever it is? How? How did that help Okay. That might take some extra thinking or whatever, but um, we'll, we'll let that be one extra little bonus thing for tonight's theme. Okay. It's culturally acceptable to put out bare minimum and have that being seen as, you know, the, 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 the diamond in the rough, so to speak. Right. Like in our culture, what is it? You need 100 hours of study in any given uh, field to be seen as an expert. A hundred? Holy shit. I could have stopped tens of thousands of hours ago. <laughs> what does that say about how we look at, right? It's like this lowest common denominator thing. Holy shit. If only murderous bad guys would be just as impressed with Oh, you got yourself a black belt. Well, shit, I won't mess with you. What you doing? Sorry, my dog came to visit. What you doing? Well, they can't see you, so it's a it's he's a weird looking dog. He's <laughs> he's, a, he's a Chihuahua Corgi mix, so he's I don't know what the hell he is. But anyway, he was a rescue. What you doing? Mom's not home yet. I'm going to send another message. I sent a message before the thing started here, but 
don't know if she got sidetracked or not. What? Probably has to go out. Anyway, any other questions before my dog pees or poops in my house? <laughs> yeah, James. Uh, Lee said, I'll choose later was something I had a problem with. Today is the change, taking choice number three, changing the self. Okay, cool beans. Sorry for the background noise. Um, I should have long since been in my house, which reminds me, some of you, uh, some of you guys have, have asked. Um, my mother-in-law, um, anyway, so for those of you who know, uh, we had that fire back in March of 21. Should have been a nine to 12 month project to get my house restored. Right. And um, so I'm keeping part of myself in check because the contractor not only walked away from the project, but he did 35 percent of the work, which equates to about thirty five or sixty five thousand dollars in uh, materials and labor, stole another hundred and fifteen thousand and left my house unlivable and a wreck. And because <laughs> the rest of the money that's being held by the bank, um, this is not me bitching. This is just kind of setting something up here, right? Um, it's being held by the bank, and now the bank won't release any extra money. There's about, like, what is it, $40,000 sitting there? Won't release anything until there's proof of more improvement on the house, right? Um, like, we just spent money we don't have a lot of uh, to hire a lawyer who specializes in contractor consumer law and all that to go after this guy, state attorney general's office, local DA, civil, criminal, whole deal, right? Um, but we have until March to get back into our house before the insurance money runs out. And this wonderful little um, temporary abode and all the money they're paying for rent for here and all the extra stuff, um, that all goes away. So my mother-in-law um, put together a GoFundMe to help us generate some extra funds so we can throw it at new contractors to try to make our house livable and get the no occupancy uh, restrictions list lifted by the city uh, by March, right? And of course, holidays and winter weather and all that kind of stuff are in the way. But some of you guys had asked about this stuff. Um, one of my staff members did send out an email last week um, with the details in it and then a link to you can go to the GoFundMe and read this. She had this really, I think it's a detailed write-up. But anyway, um, uh, if you guys are okay with it, I'll just I'll have it sent out again. Um, but anyway, that's where we are. I, I know that uh, Josh Bloom and some other folks had asked uh, about things like that, if there was anything in place to, to formally help or whatever. Um, I don't like to reach out and do this kind of stuff. I'm not typically one to, to ask for to ask for whatever, but um, since people have been asking, I will send it out again. Um, and, you know, again, I know people are going to have questions and all that kind of stuff, but that was answered in uh, Sensei Reinhardt's uh, email. And it's all these details are in the GoFundMe uh, story. So I don't know what else to call it, right? The, the write up or whatever. So before you uh, inundate me with uh, emails that I don't have, the time to read and answer individually and all that just kind of go along with that. So anyway, um, but I appreciate, uh, the, uh, 
the, uh, I don't know, words of support and, and all that kind of stuff. But again, uh, we're just trying to create momentum so we can get things get things going. I mean, once this is all done, it was a it was almost a two, almost a quarter of a million dollar rebuild because of the type of house, and all this kind of stuff. And I know people would say, you know, it's just a house. You're lucky to you know have your health and all that kind of stuff. Um, my wife is right back to where she was right after the fire. So it's easy to say when it's not something that you worked really hard to to manifest kind of thing. So I get it. I get all those cliche things, but it doesn't change how I have to operate to, to make things happen. Right. So anyway, again, I appreciate the sentiments. I appreciate the thoughts, those kind of things. Right. Uh, for those of you who actually helped um, already, uh, we had a couple like four donors and whatnot. Um, uh, those who have already helped, I really, really appreciate it. Um, I appreciate the thoughts, the prayers, all those kind of things. But um, I, I just need to keep moving forward because right? we're, we're under a huge deadline. And yes, I am going after this guy, but he's not my priority at the moment. My priority is saving my house and getting, you know, making sure my wife and, and furry son are okay. Um, and then, then I will have time to make sure he's wearing orange and try to get restitution and all that kind of stuff. But at the moment, that's going to take too long. So anyway, that's what I got. Uh, what else, James? Anything else? <clears throat> There's no other questions. Okay. All right. Um, that's it then. So I will talk to everybody again uh, next week. But before we uh, round this thing off here, um, dun, 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 dun. I haven't decided yet whether I'm doing a QDEN on um, December 26th. Uh, the dojo is closed from the 24th through the second, actually the Monday, the second, we would normally be back, but, uh, we've reserved that as a makeup for December's, uh, testing at the dojo. So January 3rd, we'll be, we'll be back in, in full swing and all that. Um, January 2nd, I'll do a kuden, but I'm, I'll, I'll let everybody know here. Um, cause I'm, I'm taking some time off. I've got to reset visit family, try to get this, this house project, um, you know, underway and stuff like that. So um, I'll let everybody know closer to then as to whether I'm actually going to do um, a kuden on Monday night, the 26th. Okay. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, I'm just going to thank everyone for your understanding. Even if you're not understanding, I'm just going to preemptively thank you for your understanding because um, I've, I've got to prioritize some things. All right, but uh, we will do one next week, all right? So uh, if you're listening to this or watching this later, way in the future, after uh, December of 2022, ignore everything I just said. Okay, <laughs> that's it, all right? I'll talk to everybody again next time. Be safe, train hard, or do you, right? You're going to do it anyway, so um, I'll talk to you again next time on Kuden. Get more of Kuden Radio. Subscribe through your favorite podcasting site or join our clan of serious modern warriors at OnlineNinjaAcademy.com.